what is up everybody and welcome to adc sports dallas primetime i am your host mauricio rodriguez streaming with you live every sunday through thursday night at 8 p.m central here on dallas on demand sports talk network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire season make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash dallas and as always remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. We will learn more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show when we get into this week's Freeman Mazda stat of the week. So stay tuned for that one. But before we do any of that, let's talk a little bit about the Micah Parsons effect. That's something that I wanted to touch on this Wednesday night. Because we've talked about the pressures. We've talked about, you know, him showing that speed, those inside moves, winning those blocks versus offensive tackles. Since then, maybe it's been a little bit of a quiet couple of weeks for Micah Parsons. Not because he has lowered his level of football. He hasn't, obviously. But because teams are focusing their efforts a lot on number 11. Uh, Nick Sirianni talked about having to deal with Micah Parsons already earlier in this week. He talked about him being such a tremendous football player that he, uh, the quote was something like, there's no one who thinks more about Micah Parsons than we do. So that was a perfect quote as well. Do me a favor and let me know in the comments, how would you grade Micah Parsons' true four weeks of the season? And while you do that, let's take a look at the video. I don't want to talk about Micah beating one-on-ones. I don't want to talk about Micah sacking the quarterback or getting those pressures in. I want to talk about what happens when we don't see Micah Parsons. We as fans watching the game live. We've talked a lot about that effect. We've talked a lot about, oh, Micah helps out the team a lot just by the attention that the offense has put on him. And that is true. But how does that look like? And that's what I want to do tonight with you. Uh, the thing that I love the most about Micah Parsons, man, is that when the Cowboys put him on the field with four defensive linemen, they essentially have five defensive linemen on the playing field. This is the play, the one that you're seeing on screen, in which the Marcus Lawrence recovers the fumble forced by Dorrance Armstrong and takes it into the end zone. The Cowboys have four defensive linemen in there. They have Gallimore in there. They have Oza in there. And they have Marcus Lawrence. Plus, Dorrance Armstrong. But on top of that, you put Michael Parsons in there and you essentially have five defensive linemen on the field. Because Micah, he is not only a hybrid linebacker defensive end. If he was a full-time defensive end, he would be an elite one, and he would be a pass rusher that, that would be consistently on the defensive player of the year conversation. And that messes with offensive lines protections, as we will see in these very plays, in this very play. You know the basics of this one. You know that Armstrong got to Matthew Stafford. You know that he gets the hit, and you know that D-Law takes that football all the way into the end zone for six points. No extra points, by the way, for the Cowboys. So only six on that one. But when you take a look at it from the end zone view, 
you will see, of course, Mr. Micah in there and the lineup that we were talking about. Armstrong, Gallimore, Oza, and Lawrence. Notice how, of course, Jaron Kyrgios, Van Der Esch are in there, also being threats as potential blitzers. Jordan Lewis, maybe not so much because he's on number 18, who's a wide receiver slash fullback for the Rams. But notice the left tackle and the left guard will take that step towards the left side and focus on Michael Parsons in here and try to take care of him. And that will leave Armstrong in a prime position to do, to do some damage. Look at the left guard. He oversets to the left side. Mike uh, Armstrong is pretty much untouched on his way to Matthew Stafford because the left guard is in such a poor position to deal with him because they're sliding towards Micah every single time. And by the way, if Armstrong doesn't get that hit in Matthew Stafford, D-Law does. Because you will find that because of where the guard, the tackles are positioned, you pretty much force, and this is a play-action play, by the way, you pretty much force a one-on-one -on -one with D-Law and the tight end. And you're, you're losing that battle 10 times out of 10. So that's just a brief example of the attention that the uh, offense has put on on. Micah, and this is an even better play in my opinion. This is the Oza Odigisuwa sack at the end of the game. You've got Micah on the bottom part of your screen. You've got uh, Tristan Hill and Oza, and then Armstrong in the two-point stance with Jaron Kears and Vanderich as linebacker types near the line of scrimmage. Uh, they will blitz in this play, while Armstrong and the Parsons both drop back into coverage. You're not blitzing technically, you're rushing four. Uh, it is technically a blitz, but it's a four-man blitz. Uh, that's how the blitz was born, by the way, uh, in NFL history. Uh, Armstrong, look at Armstrong here, dropping back, in, back into coverage. The same with Micah. I know we're used to talking about Parsons dropping back into coverage, but since last year, Armstrong has been proving that he can also do that. Uh, let's take a look at it from the end zone view and think of what the offensive line needs to do here. Uh, the center is uncovered. The guards are not. So the center is the one that will start with the slide protection stuff, right? Uh, he needs to choose. Will I slide to the left? Or the Rams as an offense need to choose. Will I slide to the left? Will I slide to the right? In this case, looks like they slide to the left. Uh, Kyrus is in there. Malik Hooker is also creeping up into the box. So it just makes more sense to maybe drop over there. But the thing is, they slide to the left side. And you've got the left guard and the left tackle blocking only one guy. Because Armstrong is he's going back into coverage. Meanwhile, Vanderich and Kears are both shooting inside. The center needs to pick up in a hurry somebody. He needs to choose who's he, who he's going to pick up. The same for the running back. And on the right side, you've got two guys also on number 72. While Micah drops back into coverage, they're just messing with everybody's protection. When the Cowboys blitz, they're not only blitzing with five guys. They're blitzing with four guys. Banderich has a clear path to Matthew Stafford. My respect to Matthew Stafford, by the way. He just, uh, he, he made a lot of, of spins like this and scapes like this throughout the game, but the offensive line was too much for him to overcome. Osa finishes this play. But when we talk about positionless football, when we talk about hybrid players, this is what we mean. It's not only Parsons doing that kind of stuff. It's also Ozo Digisuwa. Uh, it's also, excuse me, Dorrance Armstrong being able to drop back into coverage. Great stuff by the Cowboys defense. And I wanted to touch on that briefly tonight 
because we are going to talk about the Blitz versus Jalen Hurts as we did a little bit last night. Man, I, I get excited. I get hyped when I talk about that Cowboys defense and all of that, uh, all, of, all of what they can do even with four-man blitzes. Let's see some of your comments here. For those of you who are just joining the show while I went on that rant, uh, do me a favor and hit the like button. Share the stream. If you like what you're seeing, do me a favor and hit that thumbs up so we can get to more and more Cowboys fans. Let's see what you guys have to say over here in the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat. Kenneth Fraser says, if the, our defense can stay doing what they have been doing and rushing more, then we've got this. Uh, let's see who else we have here. Toxic Tom says, Armstrong is built like Humpty Dumpty. What does that, uh, like I know who Humpty Dumpty is. I uh, don't think that I don't, but I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Garvin Smith says, I want Dan Queen to unleash them against the Eagles. And he might do that. Listen, the Cowboys have not been that aggressive when it comes to blitzing. Uh, they have actually been below league average in the amount of times that they do blitz. But when they do, it can be devastating because the Cowboys are being so timely about it and some uh, and so natural about it. Now, they're not forcing things. And when they do, then you have, then you have uh, this perfect marriage between the rush and the coverage like we discussed earlier in the week. Shout out to Tyrone. Uh, he says, you ever call in the volume or Sky's show or, or plan to? Uh, of course, Skywalker Steel and I, uh, we're both representing ADC Sports Dallas. So uh, we have done some crossovers here uh, on the channel. I have not called the volume. I have not called the morning show. I have appeared in the, uh, with, in the morning show with Sky. We haven't done a crossover in a while. We need to do that. We definitely need to do that for sure. Uh, and we need to figure out what week works and then we'll do that. Uh, we need to get Sky on here for sure. Uh, thank you to Tyrone, by the way. Too aggressive could call, could fall into Phyllis, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles screen game, says Timothy Harrison. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Let's let's take a look at this from the Eagles' perspective because we mentioned these numbers last night. Jalen Hurts has struggled against the Blitz. We got this from Pro Football Focus. We mentioned it briefly on Tuesday. But I will admit that I had not been able to dive into the tape before today. So I really wondered why Jalen Hurts was struggling versus the Blitz, yet he was striving under pressure. Didn't make a lot of sense to me. I was curious. I thought I would watch the tape and try to figure out what the problem is for the Eagles versus the Blitz. Because once more, we, we saw these numbers on last night's show, but pretty much in any statistical category, Hertz goes down versus the Blitz. He's struggling. You see it in yards per attempt. You see it in completion rate. You see it in big-time throws. You see it in turnover-worthy throws. Uh, just not good stuff for Jalen Hurts when he's facing more than four rushers on offense. I wonder why we dove into the tape, and here are pretty much my conclusions let's go to the notebook the eagles don't seem to me to have a lot of answers versus the blitz other than screen passes even though jalen hurts has availed 
fewer times from the pocket, he still he still does it. He's still guilty of that. And that's something that kind of disappointed me from a from an objective point of view. I was disappointed by that. I thought that I was going to see a more disciplined Jalen Hurts. I don't think that I did. Uh, overall, maybe. Under pressure, maybe. But versus the Blitz specifically, I thought there were several times in which he kind of he kind of got a little bit impatient in there. However, he can still kill you, man. When he scrambles, it's not like he picks up these small gains or anything like that. He gets big gains when he does scramble. He, he can be lethal in that. And since the Eagles run a lot of zone read stuff, a lot of read option stuff, you, you, you kind of get these looks in which uh, they've got some RPOs in there that are kind of dangerous with Jalen Hurts. So I, you need to give them that respect. Now, simulated pressures appeared to work versus Jalen Hurts over the last few games. You know, when you get those mocked up linebacker looks and only rush four, when you load up that line of scrimmage, but only rush four, you can still see Hurts. You can see, uh, see him struggle a little bit in there for sure. Good question from Toxic Tom. This is a creative one. He says, why not put Micah on Hurts? He's their best player on offense. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that, but I just I just think it's so so difficult to take Micah out of that pass rushing assignment because he's so good at it. Now he he's so super uh, fast. He's super fast, super agile. So I could, I wouldn't hate the Cowboys for pulling out a creative game plan like that. But I just think that him as a pass rusher is way too valuable to to have him doing other things. Now, of course, you also see a lot of Micah in other assignments, in pass coverage, uh, in contain. We see him stopping the run as in as an off ball linebacker. So. Anything goes, right? I don't think that it will be one QB spy. I don't think that this will be the CJ Goodwin game like it was uh, when Mike Nolan was coaching the Cowboys defense. I think it will be, you know how we like to say that you don't know who's rushing and who isn't, and you don't know who's dropping back into coverage and all of that. Or with Micah, when is he rushing? When is he not rushing? What if the Eagles just don't know who the spy is every single play? I think Donovan Wilson can be a spy. I think Jaron Kears can also be a spy. Micah as well. I don't think it has to be the same dude every single play. It's, 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 a, it's a good question from Toxic Tom. Now, of course, remember that when we talk about, about uh, Jalen Hurts, I agree with Rico here. He says, no, we got to contain Hurts. We've got to. That's a good point. Uh, this is not only about rushing the passer. This is about containing the guy. So there will be some sort of uh, spying in there. Craig says, no spy. Queen does not believe in spying the quarterback. Man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt Dan Queen like that. And I know you're not, you're not uh, doubting, doubting him. But what I mean with this is Queen is a, is a coach that is willing to evolve and adapt. So I cannot say that he does not believe in spying the quarterback. I don't know. When he plays Jalen Hurts, let's see what he 
what he does. This is not, and, and we had a show about this recently on primetime. This Dan Quinn defense is not the same than the one that he coached when he was with Seattle. Not the same scheme. But heck, it's not even the same defense as it was last year. Look, when you watch the Cowboys defense in 2022, it is not the same as it was last year. We had a show about this earlier in the week. If you want to go uh, more in-depth in that conversation, I just cannot say that Quinn does not believe in something and he won't do it. I won't do that. Uh, Quinn serves better, honestly. And I would be surprised if we don't see some place in which there is a spy. I wouldn't be surprised if there's less of those plays, as we would assume, because maybe some of us assume that it will happen every single snap. And that will not be the case, I'm sure. But yeah, I think I think we see some spies in there for sure. I don't think that it's the same necessarily every single play. But yeah, I was a little bit a little bit disappointed uh, with Hurts bailing from the pocket when there was an extra rusher coming his way. You look at it in this play. Uh, he can make that throw. And he has a guy, he just a little bit impatient with the football. And I don't like that. A lot of scream game for the Eagles, especially versus the Blitz. That, that is kind of their response to those kind of situations. A lot of screens, a lot of them. We also saw some, some mistakes, some blunders from his skill position players in these kind of situations. We saw them, we saw him kind of hesitate when he didn't know where the rush is coming from. There's a particular play in which they're mucked up like this one. And you see, you, you see that hesitation. There were only four players in that play, only four rushers, but he kind of hesitates a little bit in there. I thought that I was going to see a Hertz that was more willing to stand tough in the pocket. He has been willing to do that versus regular four-man pressure. And I want to give him that respect. I wish that we, we would see a little bit more of that versus the versus the, 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 the place in which they load up the line of scrimmage like that. I, I think that we didn't see a lot of that. He's not going to have that much time, says Timothy. Show Kyler how spiked the football on third down, says Mark Aaron. I don't have that clip, but yeah, I saw that. That was funny. You know what I loved about watching the Eagles? And I know that, you know, we don't like to say positive stuff about the Eagles, but they, they showed this rugby kind of formations in which they lined up in a I formation kind of uh, with three running backs in the backfield or three halfbacks. And they just pushed Jalen Hurts forward. And it worked. Like, it, it really did work. They ran four of those plays versus the Cardinals. And it was fun. It was creative. There was one in which they had Dallas gathered right behind Jalen. But I'm talking about right behind not not one yard behind like literally half a yard behind maybe inches behind and he just carries Jalen Hurts and he just pushes him forward into the end zone I thought those looks were fun I saw somewhere someone suggesting Twitter that maybe Jordan Mailata came up with that stuff because he's a former rugby player and I just choose to believe that to be true <laughs> some of your comments here let's see Craig says, this game is on our offense. And I will tell you, I will save that for tomorrow night. But I'm just going to say, 
the weakness for the Eagles defense kind of seems to be the running game. And that's a whole different story than last weekend's. Because last weekend, the Rams kind of came into this into that game as the third best ranked defense per DVOA from football outsiders. So the, the, the Eagles can be run on. And, and I find that interesting. It's tough to figure out who to pick in this game. I will tell you that. Uh, you guys know this, that on primetime, although we love the Cowboys and all of that, I do give my most objective possible pick. For example, week one and two, I picked the other team. I picked the, the box. I picked the Bengals. Uh, I picked the points, though, on that Cincinnati game. For those of you who are new here, every Thursday we do the betting the Cowboys segment. We are 5-0. and oh. I already got my pick for that one, but I will share it with you tomorrow night, not before. Make sure you tune in. And then the other thing is that and, and this comment, I, I kind of missed it. Let me see who, who actually put that one out there. Six to midnight says the offensive line is different, right? According uh, says six, six to midnight. I don't know what it will look like. Huh. Craig says, I am not a Cowboys fan. There you go. Uh, six to midnight says the offensive line is different, right? Four starters for the Eagles are on the injury report. We don't know who will play, who will not play. Four starters of the Eagles, though, were limited in Wednesday's practice, which was just a walkthrough for, for the Eagles. But you can imagine just that, you know, they're hurt. They are kind of hurt. But anyways, before we leave tonight, before we leave, we need to get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. So... This is a good one, and this is an offensive one, and it ties into the conversation that we are having about the Eagles' run defense, I guess. So here we go. The Freeman Mazda stat of the week. You guys know this. We do this every Wednesday night. The Freeman Mazda stat of the week. This time, we'll go to the offense because Tony Pollard has, after Sunday Versus the Rams in that 57-yard touchdown run, he is up to six explosive runs in the season. That is more than one per week. And, of course, you know this. It's not like he's a three-down back or anything like that. He doesn't have the, the most carries on the team, but he has six runs over 10 yards. That is how we measure explosive runs, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. That is good for number 22 in the NFL. And while, does, and while that doesn't sound as high, keep in mind that he's done that in very, very few carries. To be specific, Tony Pollard has done that in 44 attempts. Only two players out of the 21 that are above him have less attempts. And that would be DeAndre Swift from the Lions. And that would be Justice Hill from Baltimore. Everybody else has numbers like over 50 carries. And yet, Tony Pollard is up there with them. Six explosive runs in the season. Tony Pollard just keeps showing what he can do for the Cowboys. And what he can do in the moments that they need him the most. Gotta love what he's been able to do. I don't want to. I don't want to even get into the conversation of 
Pollard versus Sick and all of that because although I understand it, I just love what the Cowboys are doing with both their guys right now. I think that Sick Sick is low key being underrated by those who only want to have that conversation of who is the better running back. What I do know though, what I do know is that Pollard is the most explosive one of the two. And he's been showing that consistently. Six explosive runs for number 22, uh, for number 20 in the NFL. That would be, excuse me, six explosive runs for number 20. That would be good for 22 in the NFL. You got to love what he's been able to do so far. So that was the Freeman Mazda, ladies and gentlemen, stat of the week. That is brought to you by, obviously, FreemanMazda.net. Make sure that you check out the 2022 Mazda CX-9 Grand Touring. You can check that out over on their website. It starts at $46,785. It's got an all-wheel drive, third row sitting, sunroof, heated leather, memory power sitting, rear air conditioning, and a miles per gallon capacity of 20 when you are in the city. That goes up to 26 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check them out over at freemanmazda.net because when you choose Freeman Mazda, you choose a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. All right. Let's see what you guys have to say in the comments. Tommy says, I like <laughs> I like how Mo says Tony. <laughs> says Tommy915. There you go. Do I say it with, with, with some sort of accent, maybe? <laughs> there you go. Bruce, hitting the nail in the head. It's not sick or Pollard. It should be sick and Pollard. And I'm not going to pretend that, you know, Pollard still struggles with the pass pro stuff. I'm, I'm not knocking the guy. I'm just saying it's not like he's this surefire tree down back. You know that Jalen Ramsey sack that he gave up? That was on him, in my opinion. You never know because you never know what pass pro scheme they're calling in any single play. But I would assume that that was on 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 Pollard for sure, because that's, that's that number four coming from the outside. I don't know. I think that that was on Pollard. Can't say for sure, but there you go. Let's see some of your comments here before we move on. And before we get out of here, glad we limit his carries says toxic Tom. It makes complete sense. There's also that uh, we love the explosiveness with the explosive, with the explosiveness V there. If he was a tree down back, Jose Vargas says any news on Dak? Well, Mike McCarthy essentially confirmed that he will not play on Sunday. He did not practice on Wednesday. And we knew from the start that the Cowboys want to have him practice a full week. And then McCarthy, of course, had the quote. He said, we're preparing for Cooper Rush to start versus the Eagles. So be ready for that. I think that Dak pretty much has been ruled out for Sunday's game. And we actually had a show about this earlier in the week too, uh, last night to be specific, in which we talked about how Cowboys fans are focusing on the wrong injury in case you want to go check that out. But anyways, before I leave you, I just want to I just want to talk about this very quickly. Did you guys see Jason Peters' quote? <laughs> I just want to ask, do you think Jer uh, do you think Jason Peters is right? Or nah. Let me let me 
Let me read to you this quote in case you guys have not seen it. I didn't prepare any graphic for this one, so I will just read it out loud here. John Clark tweeted this quote out. <laughs> here we go. I just know the Philly fans are effing idiots when it comes to the Cowboys. Any team. They start throwing stuff at teams. I mean, they're nasty. They pride themselves on being nasty and vulgar. Now, according to those who listened to Jason Peters, the offensive tackle, who will surely end up in the Hall of Fame, said this amicably. He said this, the word that John Clark uses is endearingly. And yet, this is the part that cracks me up, man. I will read to you some of the replies from Eagles fans because John Clark is Eagles-based. <laughs> this is the part that kills me, man. Like, I saw that quote and I just, I just cracked up. Like, I thought, you know, that's funny. That cracked me up. Now, I didn't expect Eagles fans. I, I, I expected Eagles fans to say, heck, yeah, we are nasty. Heck, yeah, we, we are tough. But no, these are the replies. Philly, a sports guy, 2022. He says, if he plays, he'll be out in five snaps per usual. Dylan says, people will find a reason to be mad at this quote as if Jason isn't 100% correct or some sense in there. So, uh, another guy says, I've, seen a, I've been a huge Jason Peters fan in his whole career, but man, I definitely lost respect for him signing with the Cowboys. Somebody else said, does the dude need the money that bad? He'll play this year sparingly and be done. And then he laughs and makes fun of lifelong fans having to deal with America's team. <laughs> Just trying to get your ra a raise out of Jeff Babies is somebody else. Dude has been stealing checks for 10 years. He can, make a, he can take a few things thrown at him. <laughs> then there are, there are some, sense, uh, some guys that make sense here and there. Uh, Philly Sports Spain tweeted out, I'll assume that he meant it in a good way because he's the GOAT. It isn't that hard, Eagles fans. It isn't that hard to be like, like the guy that I just read. Somebody else said, Jason Peters really digging himself a hole right now, to be honest. Buying into the fake news of Philly fans being worse than other fan bases. We don't pride ourselves on being mean and vulgar. We pride ourselves on expecting the best from the players we come to watch. <laughs> Dude didn't play in the Super Bowl. Don't let him fool you. Man, come on. That's Jason Peters. He will be... He will be in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best players to ever play for your franchise. They just turned their backs on him. And it isn't like Jason Peters left in a mercenary kind of way. He left because he was done in there. Like uh, the front office didn't want him back. I just, I, I just think it's so funny to see the Eagles' response. Like if somebody else said that about... I mean, something that applied, of course, for Cowboys fans. I think we would have we would have laughed, honestly. And I would I can assure you that we would not. At least uh, some people would. Twitter is a wild place, but at the majority of Cowboys fans would not be like hating on Jason Witten, for example. I mean, you could. I think we made some fun of the Raiders or something like that, when they signed Jason Witten, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that Cowboys Nation expressed itself about Jason Witten the same way though. It's crazy. 
Let's see some of your comments here. Uh, that right, says Peter Rizzo. Somebody had to say it, says Rico. Bruce says, Peter is right. Eagles fans are crazy AF. Uh, feel Mark Aaron says, 100% right. Say the quote, Mo. No, I'm not, I'm not going to say the quote. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mo, they threw batteries at Santa and cheered <laughs> at Irving's career ending. Eagles fans also eat. You know what, you know what they eat. I don't have to, to say it. They are ruthless. We hate them so much because of their fans, is Jeff. Man, I shout out to your guy, Nix. He had this Twitter space going earlier today. And I just, you know, I was prepping the show. I was putting together some graphics. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll enter the space. I'll see what people are saying about the Cowboys versus Eagles. I'll see what people want to talk about. And then I just click on the space. And 10 people are yelling in every direction. Your guy, Nix, usually has this very calm spaces. I love hearing them because, uh, you know, your guy, Nix, has a great voice, to be honest. He's a great, he, he, he's a, he has everything that it takes to be a great sportscaster. But that was just pure chaos. And I think that your guy, Nix, was trying to mute everybody just to, just to chill everyone out. It was insane, man. It's Cowboys Eagles week. We are here to enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen. That will be it for me tonight. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button. Share the stream. If you are watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about Prime Time. And as always, hit that like button because it allows us to put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. That is what we want to do. Tomorrow night, it's a preview show. So we've got betting the Cowboys. A segment in which we are 5-0. We have the game pick, of course, and some key matchups to watch, some key angles to be in the lookout for. <laughs> Peters deserves his spot before Jimmy. Bruce says that, that would be the Jerry Jones quote. How did Tyron says, how did he become Cowboys fan, sir, or football fan overall? I don't know if this was a question. Wait, 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 was that directed to me? Oh, football is huge in Mexico. I don't know if it was directed to me. If it was, football is huge in Mexico. Second country with the highest NFL fan base in the entire world. Uh, more, than, more than Canada, and, they, and they've got the CFL. Thank you, everybody, for your comments. Thank you to Peter. Thank you to Six to Midnight. Each and every one of you, I appreciate you joining the show. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Prime time brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Make sure you check them out. Nos vemos. Hasta mañana. Adios.